0: Welcome to the Year Ahead, our Hit the Ground Running New Year podcast series, where we chat to our friends in news about what they've got their eye on this year. In true squiz form, we also get some recommendations, and in this episode, we pit guest against guest with our sports quiz. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimple. Welcome, Abby, Jelmy, and Georgie Tunney.
1: Thank you. It's so nice to do a podcast where we don't do the intro. This is a joy. Yeah,
2: (laughs) it's fun, right? Yeah, a real joy. And
0: particularly for Kate, because Two Good Sports is one of your favorite podcasts. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I uh, am a bit of a sports nut, not as much as you guys, but um, I really think you've nailed it with the format of Two Good Sports. And I'll let you talk about it in a little bit. Can I introduce you both first? Abby. Jelmy presents Sport with 7 News. You might recognise her from the Olympics coverage. That's certainly where I got to know you well. AFL cricket, horse racing. Abby, you particularly like live broadcasting, which is something I watch with awe because
1: the thing about podcasts is you get to edit them. Look, that is true. That is true. But I must admit, I actually don't find it that nerve wracking these days. I think the blinking light, it just disappears after a while. Yeah, Not as much as a podcast. Sitting opposite George is just a joy and you just have a chat and then afterwards we look at our producer and we're like, oh, you poor bugger.
0: <laughs> Good luck with that. Georgie Tunney, you're also a journalist, television presenter, co-host on Channel 10's The Project. You've always loved sport.
3: I have always, always loved sport. I never thought I would be an athlete or anything like that. Okay. But my God, did I try. <laughs> I was the most <laughs> mediocre junior athlete that you could be across all sports. And that's really where my competitive nature was born, I think. And then I found footy, rugby
0: league, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. I just watched sport every single chance that I could. She's a Broncos fan, and I feel like we're going to get more of that throughout this podcast. <laughs> I'm a South fan, Georgie, so oh, I don't know. It was going so well, Kate. It was going so well. I know. Although I thank you for Adam Reynolds. <sighs> Wasn't it great? Anyway, together your two good sports. Give us the two good sports pitch before we get into the podcast.
1: Two good sports was Georgie and I wanting to talk about sport the way that we wanted to talk about it. And we're both avid consumers of sports media. I love SEN. I listen to the morning radio all the time. And again, newspapers, every different podcast that we could find, it just didn't talk about sport the way that we do when we catch up for a coffee. And there have been so many massive stories this year and I always think, oh, my God, I can't wait to hear what Georgie thinks about this. And we have animated debates and we just thought there's a bit of a gaping hole here and God bless the Matildas for doing what what they did at the time that we decided to launch. Um, But there has never (laughs) been a better time to be a woman talking about sport. But we were really particular of not wanting it to be just for women and Mm. just about women's sport, It's sports fans, that want to talk about a little bit differently. And sometimes we do go way off track. Quite often. But the same way that you do when you talk to your mates.
0: Which I know is what you're both so, so good at.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about
2: the year in sport. Let's go back to 2023. What story stuck with you? And should we have banned the Matildas from being your answer?
3: Oh, we're not talking Matildas because, I mean, genuinely, they are, and my top sports moment. Of the year, I think they're probably every Australian's Just what they've been able to do, we are both of the mind that they have completely changed the sporting landscape in Australia forever. And especially when it comes to women's sport, because there will not be a metal game that's not sold out. Now, from forever. here, is that your Until prediction? Interesting. Okay, I think so. I think even mm-hmm. with player renewal, like God forbid, Nampker become a bionic woman, play for all time. But even with a completely different team, the brand awareness is so high right now. Everyone loves them. They love them more mm. than the soccer So if we're putting them aside, for me, my top sporting moment, completely unbiased, completely objective, <laughs> uh, is the Brisbane Broncos grand final almost win. I was going to say they they lost. They did lose. I Did lose Kate, and it's just a little stab into my heart every time I am reminded. <laughs> she <of that>.
2: really <laughs> wanted to rub that in, didn't she? Oh uh, no, I've got
0: to, I was I was actually going for them. But why is it? Why is it your sporting moment? Like, it's my sporting moment because
3: I have grown up watching rugby league ever since the nineteen ninety nine Grand Final, and I've loved it so much that I used to become quite obsessive about it. I thought I was going to marry Darren LaPierre. <laughs> like I was just so obsessed. But the older I got and working a Sports Newsroom, having to cover all different sports, moving to Melbourne where Rugby League may as well not exist, I definitely had, it hasn't been front of mind for a long time mm. until this year when the success and the excitement that that team has brought back into my life. I just, hands down, personally, it's I'll always thank them for the run even though we didn't win. Didn't quite it get there. It had a nostalgic effect
0: on me um people listening can't see abby but her 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 face is in her hands and she's going this is not my moment
1: (laughs) well it also can't be georgie's i'm gonna veto your own moment because you were in the fetal position (laughs) we were genuinely sending for help because (laughs) the panthers had to ascend the greatest difference ever In a grand yep. final, and I said to Georgie, "Surely you're home." And I knew that she'd thrown the phone across the room. So did I put the mock on them? Am I the reason that Cleary lifted? No one knows. But Georgie was in more pain than I've ever seen you emotionally—breakups <laughs> or <laughs> otherwise. Now look, in her
2: defence, it was the story that stuck with you. So that's true. I true. think I can Thank totally hear Go. that
3: that stuck with her. So. Yes, yes, it was. It was in a fetal position. It was crying. <laughs> did
0: I get ahead of myself? Yes, I did. But it was, it, look, it was a spectacular loss, if that's, if that's what
1: we're going for. It, was, it really, really was. Uh, Abby? Uh, mine would be uh, Peter Bowl and this is going to foreshadow everything we're going to talk about with Paris. I am an Olympic nothing. I just think the fact that you get one shot in four years for glory puts a unique umbrella for those athletes that do perform for Australia, and I think... Peter Bowl being on the back pages as a cheat, something deep in my soul went, please Mm. no, but also I just don't believe this. And the fact that he's now been exonerated and the way that it all played out, there's something about it that I think has just set up the most amazing stage.
2: And, Abby, the way you talked about it in your year in review, the podcast that we encourage everyone to dive in and have a listen to over the summer break, the way that he was able to then talk about what was next was really impressive.
1: And just powerful. And I think there's something about sport and Georgie and I while we became journalists. Is to tell people stories and things that mean something to someone. Georgie, when she was talking about the. <laughs> that is true. And I think that's where, and you know, you think about the first moment you fell in love with them and when there's been highs and lows. And I think with Peter Bowl, we all remember when we fell in love with this guy oh, and what he was, meant to us yeah. during Tokyo and to see his family and the story. And then for that to be taken from us and taken from him, his ability to train and everything that he did, given and there's something about track athletes because they're not rock stars in Mm. their day-to-day lives they don't get the same level of appreciation and love they do it to be better they do it for the country and yeah as you said Claire the way that he was able to turn around and go I'm going to channel this and watch me get on the post
2: yeah it's given me mental toughness like to take an experience like that and say I'm going to use this extraordinary he needs
3: to teach resilience
1: Yeah, can't wait to see him. I'm loving watching all the brands pile on. I was going to say. Every time we do a story where he's doing a fun run, I'm like, yes, he is. Hey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is
0: such a good call because it is one of those ones as well that in the whole news mix, you it kind of got lost um, in the mainstream news. I mean, we talked about it at the time, and then it didn't sort of come back. But he's he's in some ways very quietly come back, and he will be a big thing in twenty twenty four. Let's talk about twenty twenty four on that note. Is this is this your bowl prediction? Is it a Peter Bowl victory?
1: I just think twenty twenty four. It's an Olympic year. Mm. As soon as something's an Olympic year, all eyes are on track and field. And Australians in particular are like, cool, the pool, who's going to win?
0: True.
3: You says <laughs> Australians, it's me.
1: Yeah, it is you. Uh, but Ariane Tipman, she's been in the headlines at the moment because she's had an operation on her ovaries and she's been really public about that. We've talked about Kaylee McEwen through the year and how insanely dominant she is. She's arguably our greatest athlete in the world at the moment. And yet I don't think anyone's talking about it. Mm. And she has the ability to just dominate. And then you've got Emma McKeon and the fact that she's our greatest of all time.
0: So she's injured, a little bit injured? She's a little bit injured, but she'll be be fine. She'll be fine. Okay. They're all really positive stories, Abby. One of the things that's been a bit of a feature of the last year and now potentially going into this year is what you guys have characterised as bin fires. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the bin fires? I'm
3: excited about the bin fires. Okay. And to see the development of them. Because I think it is fair that a number of codes throughout Australia have imploded in 2023. We saw it with Netball Australia. We saw it to a certain extent in Swimming Australia despite all of the amazing results that we were seeing. And, my God, did we see it in Rugby Australia. And the woeful wallabies, the wobblies. And I say it with love because I genuinely love Rugby Union. Mm. Yeah, We want them to do well, but no one would really be talking about the bin fire that was. And so Jeremy and I, it's just conversations that we would usually have over, over coffee on a weekend.
0: I think you said that you, uh, you were the first to call the uh, Swimming Australia drama. Am I right? Oh, yes. I think you claimed that on your podcast. We definitely did, definitely did. Do I claim things that sometimes aren't ours? Yes, I do. <laughs> Questionable.
1: <laughs> Georgie, Georgie claims that she manifested Travis Kelsey with Taylor Swift, and they are going to wed while she's in Australia. For me, so I she mean, does make cool. outrageous claims. I don't know if we would like them fact checked. I mean, the, the, the thing, the thing
0: you haven't touched on also, obviously the Com yeah. Games. I mean, you guys are oh. you're, you're both Melbourne based. Um, obviously, Melbourne, Victoria, huge sporting. I mean, it, it is the sporting state or is it like thoughts thoughts on the Com games who's going to take it is it going to
1: happen I desperately still love to host it <laughs> and again we spoke about netball it's the pinnacle for netball poor netballers poor diamonds at the moment are like give us something I mean I know they're world champions they won the constellation cup and they're probably a great example as you said with the bin fires when Georgie and I would have meetings about the podcast I'd I'd go netballers aren't getting paid yeah And not getting paid what they deserve, just not getting paid at all. At all. Mm. And yet I'm reading the headlines of the sports news and it's just not making the headlines. Mm. I mean, an AFL player rolling an ankle, we will do a follow-up. But netball is not getting paid. It's not necessarily mainstream. Yeah. And that blew our minds because of the volume of young girls that play it.
3: But that was also the case with the the Commonwealth game because – you know, it was massive news to cancel this thing, but everyone was like, oh, well, yeah, I guess it's right. Yeah, cost of living crisis. Yeah, that makes sense. Obviously, you can't be doing this. And Jeremy and I, they're pulling our hair out, being like, surely it's not an either-or. Let's look mm. at these numbers. Neither of us are mathematicians, and yet we think that there's a disparity between between them.
0: So we are um, quite politically engaged, I'd say, Claire, and the interesting conversation, obviously we talk about politics a lot in our podcasts, um, and the interesting thing is whether governments are going to be able to justify this to the public. And I think that's actually, if I'm making a prediction now, I'm making a prediction. Here we go. My prediction is that that conversation is going to continue a lot into next year and the following years about these big sporting events and whether they are justifiable. And if you're an athlete, that's a really I mean, any of your broadcaster, Abby, in your case, am I am I hosting the Com Games? Am I not? But you know, what does that actually look like for sport and for those athletes, as you pointed out with Peter Bowl, that train day in, day out for very little recognition, for very little money? What does this actually
1: mean for them? Well, we've seen the FIFA World Cup already across two continents. Mm.
0: Because it's too expensive. It's too expensive. And what's
1: expected of one town, and we've seen that with the Olympics as well. My favourite term coined by Jelmy was
3: financial lemon. And I think that you're right, Kate, that that will be a huge discussion that won't go away and will just keep getting louder and louder mm. as the years go on, not just in 2024. And
2: I think to your point too about these big events and community buy-in and all of those sorts of things, I don't think I'd quite appreciated that the next Rugby World Cup is being hosted here. so. Yeah. The timelines are very tight to actually get that train back
1: on the tracks. (gasps) Totally. Which is why what happened in France was so stunning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like just nurse them through this and then rebuild. (laughs) You need to perform on home soil. Instead it was just an obliteration. It was so sad. It just
0: kept coming. I want to wrap this up because I I do want to quiz you guys. Um, Claire, did you have any questions I know around this comment you made ahead of recording the podcast around gatekeeping in sport? Oh,
3: Talk us through that. Yeah, so I do think that that is a particular theme that we will see in 2024, which I think that 2023 has helped to dismantle. And that is this gatekeeping when it comes to sport and of being a sports fan. I think that the ultimate success of the Women's World Cup and the huge rise of the Matildas was that they created a safe space for anyone to come in. You didn't have to have been watching football since birth and have everyone judge you for not knowing what offside was. Everyone Mm -hmm. was like, guys, come, watch these amazing athletes, enjoy. Because sport has always pretended to be for everyone, but a lot of the times it is still quite elite and you are judged for not knowing every single rule. And I would say it's impossible to know every single rule in Rugby Union, that's why they put it on the screen. So you should be embracing everyone who wants to watch that game. And I think we will continue to see that in 2024, at least I hope that we do, because we have so many more engaged fans now, people who've never considered sport being a space for them, and now it is. And they're genuinely
1: excited to be a part of it. I would totally agree and say it's also the intersection of pop culture and sport. Are you really
0: going to get Georgie talking about Taylor Swift? Is this what we're doing?
1: No, no, I promise (laughs) we won't. But more Drive to Survive and Netflix and what that's done. Talk about elite sports that unless you get it, you get it, or you don't, you don't. Motorsport in particular has always, I thought, been gatekeeping in terms of you're either a fan or you're not and you have to have hyper knowledge, otherwise you're not actually invested. All of a sudden comes along this show And it's so entertaining and it invites everyone in and you now know the drama about Piastri or is it going to be Dan Ricciardo? And I'm sure the producers are like, my God, Dan, stop going to concerts and just be part of the show. (laughs) Get get a seat. (laughs) Um, But it's been amazing and I would agree with Georgie in the fact that not only the Matildas but having shows and social media as well where you have more access to athletes and they can show a bit more personality I think that people are engaging in a different way and that's really cool.
2: I think that's the fun bit about an Olympic year as well because there's so many sports that we have no idea about how diving works or gymnastics. And I love that fortnight where all of a sudden we come instant experts in the triple backflip, blah,
3: blahs. Yeah, you're like, oh, my God, she's over-rotated. Oh, no.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, so obvious why she got an 8.5. Beyond the Olympics, what do you think the big event might be for 2024?
3: Olympics is huge. I mean, we has been on the record a lot throughout our podcast um, talking about how 2023 is the year of the World Cup. Oh. Yeah, there has been 98 World Cups in 2023. <laughs> so I think just focusing on an Olympics, a Paralympics, uh, those that kind of global sporting event is probably
1: enough because we are a bit World Cup fatigued. If we were to give you something that wasn't the Olympics, it would be just for a gesture. Yeah. We'd be trying to fill something yeah, else okay, in there. Boy. It could be the year of the Broncos, sure. The pies go back to back would be <laughs> stunning, but no one is going to be looking at that the same way. When Aussies win gold, it does something to my soul. It just, I don't know, the <laughs> yeah. toil, the one shot, it just lifts you all up. There's something about it.
0: How is the two good sports going to cover the Olympics?
1: We've been campaigning for a junket. Oh, of course. If there was ever a case for
3: one. Yeah, we would love to be there. I think it is genuinely a life goal for Jelmy and I to be on the ground at an Olympics covering it. Like Jelmy's, you know, been the hostess the You're pretty the close, hostess.
0: surely, Abby.
1: You're pretty close. Oh, I've been on the ground in Dockland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quite the experience. But also we had, you know, Beijing, Tokyo, and they're lovely in their own rights. But the next lot. Paris, Milan, LA, I didn't want to go anyway. Don't worry
0: about it. <laughs> Before we
1: wrap up the podcast, everyone, we need your recommendations.
0: So we always oh, yeah. often give recommendations on the Squiz um, because particularly at this time of year people are sort of laying on a beach or wanting to listen to a podcast and, of course, they should listen to the Squiz and they should listen to two good sports. But if they're not doing that, what is your recommendation? Reading, listening, watching can be one of one of those. Oh, I had, I had answers to all three.
3: Um, okay. I it. am currently reading Thursday Murder Club, which is very my personality because it's like an episode of Midsummer Murders. Uh, so oh. definitely recommend that if you like those vibes. Lessons in Chemistry to Watch. I just finished that series loved. with Free Larson. I freaking loved mm, it so much. It. And then Listen to, other than Two Good sports in the Squares, Take Me to Your Leader, which is a Hamish McDonald's podcast about world leaders, and it is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, good one. Abby? We did watch um, A Gentleman's Game on Netflix, which is about football and the FA Cup and football becoming professional, oh. not Football Rugby League, Georgie, Whoa. Football the Round Ball mm. Game. Right? And it's shot really beautifully and a short series, which is all I have an intention span for at the moment, but that's really good if you're looking for something sporty. And podcast, it sounds like the same one as yours, George, but A Leader with Luke Darcy. We listened, I listened to the episode, and I know that you did too, George, with Ange Postacoglu. Yeah. And they're longer form sit-downs with people that are inspiring, and it's not limited to just people in sport. He spoke to the people that started Bluestone Lane, the cafes that have just gone bonkers in New York. Um, but also, there's one with Liz Ellis that's stunning, and we love Queen Liz. Queen Liz. <laughs> so, anyway, that you can listen to Liz, but um, Luke's great. a wonderful person. So, those are great yeah, recommendations.
0: Great. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. We really, really
1: appreciate it, and all the best for the coming year.
3: Thank you so much for having us.
1: A delight, and hopefully next year we're talking. A, we're talking about growing gardens, yeah. yeah. not being yeah, fun. Be nice.
0: all the good things that have happened, all the successes, all the successes. Yeah, that's right. That is it for the year ahead, where we've chatted with our friends in news about what they've got their eye on this year. Of course, you can find previous episodes in the feed. It's a long weekend coming up, so good to get into those. Helen McCabe, the founder of Future Women, talks politics and media. We chat with the fashion editor of the Australian Financial Review, Lauren Sams, about the business of fashion and her encounter with the Queen's son, Semi J provides light and shade with some predictions for the Albanese government, followed by his views on the return of neighbours. Every conversation will leave you feeling more informed, as I hope this one has, and also prepared for the year ahead. As for the weekly wrap, it'll be back from next weekend, the first weekend of February. Until then, stand by for an announcement of our new show, News Club, the place to go for conversations about the news.